Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Hi, everybody. It's Diane at Someone Gets Me here with an amazing guest. Today, we're talking about why the story doesn't matter. That's right, why the story doesn't matter. I have with me Connor Keyes. He is an accomplished and brilliant visionary. He is an acupuncturist by trade, but has so many more things happening in his life. And he's in North Carolina in the mountains, and I'm here on the beach. So this is going to be a great mix of energy coming together. Connor and I met through a mutual business person. Actually, my business coach kind of tagged me in a social media post, and I was free to offer some of my assistance. And when I got to know Connor with helping him with his podcast, Making the Medicine, I thought, oh my, you guys have to hear from him too. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. So I want to have all of us, don't forget to get your nice drink and hang out with us, and to welcome Connor Keys to the show. Welcome, Connor. Hey, Diane. Thank you. It's so exciting to have you here. And, and I feel like I have to catch everybody up on all of our neat conversations we've had so far. And yeah. so, and so what I'd like to start with a little bit is you are an acupuncturist. You're also a musician. You also have other neat philosophical studies and all kinds of interesting things. And so tell us a little bit about what drew you to acupuncture and um, how you got where you are, where you want to start this podcast and get things going in a different way. Like, tell us that story, if you will. Okay. So that's the story uh, as a practitioner that we get asked a bit, like, you know, what got you into Chinese medicine? What got you into acupuncture? So I'm going to give kind of the version that I've given before, which is, and we can expand on that because doing the podcast is new, as you know. Yes. But I, I, so let's, uh, you know, I'll go all the way back. And so broke up with my high school sweetheart. <laughs> and you, um, you know, when you, when you free yourself of, of, of some of that energy, you find that you have all of this new energy because all of your, all of, all of the light that you've given away is coming back to you. And so I said, what am I going to do with all this energy? And I said, I'm talking, I'm 20, 20, 21 at the time, something like that. I said, well, I'm going to start a garden. And so I began finally getting my fingers in the dirt. I wasn't much of an athlete growing up and and didn't even really break a sweat until I was 20, truly, and realized that I'd been missing out on all this greenery and being in touch with the land and sort of explored this natural drive in me to, to experience herbalism and to get in touch with the plants. And I went through college and I was really like kind of an angsty sort of raging against the machine college person. And by the time I graduated, so I had, a, I, by, at that point I had a uh, bachelor's degree in psychology and well, what am I going to do with this? And I got a job at a health food store and things really pretty uh, quickly 
spiraled out from there, I got connected with some, with some herbalists through connections in the health food industry and then found myself becoming a certified Western herbalist, a member of the American Herbalist Guild, going to herbalist conferences. And what I realized working in the health food industry is that people coming into the health food store for their you know, congestive heart failure is is not enough it's like yeah you maybe can take some some dandelion and and pee off some of the some of the excess fluid but like the, you know what you read on google and what dr oz says is not enough so that's what really motivated me to become a healthcare practitioner to become an acupuncturist um acupuncture was really my chosen it just kind of felt it felt natural to me and here i am and so um i had nine now have my masters in acupuncture and oriental medicine and i um last year actually april 1st 2019 i moved here to black mountain north carolina because i acquired a very successful uh 20-year-old acupuncture practice known as source for well-being and we just we simply call it source diane and it's um the practice is called source and 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 i love that about it obviously and fast forward you know we're all experiencing this crisis and i decided what better opportunity to sit in front of a microphone like i am with you now and kind of get the word out about some of the philosophies that have motivated both my kind of like intellectual grasp of some of the some of the intricacies of Chinese medicine, some of the metaphysics, but also my spirituality. And so, um, so here we are. And you know, as you said, it's called make the the podcast is called making the medicine. But I'm sure we'll talk about a whole lot today. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I just love the stories of how people get into their field, and, and especially people where it's kind of just the organic thing, you know. And so I'm curious about when did the love for the philosophy and the Tao and all that stuff, when did all that start infusing? Was it just kind of organic along the way? Or was there like somebody who said, here, Connor, check this out? Or how, how did that work? Because your knowledge base and the way you integrate it is quite powerful. And I'm just kind of curious how it came together. You know, it's so what what came first actually is an interest in in metaphysics and in sort of like in the esoteric schools of thought that kind of they're often kind of undercurrents in many people's spirituality these days. And you know, when I was, it's this is funny, Diane. You're you're so good. I uh, I was just <laughs> thinking about this <laughs> earlier today, actually, and that is that around the same time, about 2021, when this path kind when my path kind of shifted and things started clicking in place. Uh, mm -hmm. My then stepmother, she handed me a, a tarot deck of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And, and she, she said, I'm totally, I couldn't be more green to this whole, this whole thing. And she hands me a tarot deck and it's absolutely one of the most daunting and in many ways, creepy, black and white, intricate, just weird tarot deck and or tarot, um, actually. And uh, she says, here's a, here's a, Here's a tarot deck, and you might want to check out Carl Jung. I think you'd like Carl Jung, and <laughs> and that kind of set me on the path. And, you know, it's just just what a loaded what a loaded way to, to get started. And but again, I you feel like relative to some people, I may I may even be kind of uh, may have been late to the game, but I'm I don't you know I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And she also said this is interesting too. She also mm -hmm. said, I remember being on the beach with her once. I was, I'm pretty sure I was 21 at this point, And she said, um, we were swinging on the swing and she said, 
Connor, I think you'd make a good acupuncturist. I know an acupuncturist and I could see you being an acupuncturist. You should look into that. And at this point, I was like just starting my my bachelor's in psychology and, and going through that whole process and completely put it in the back of my mind. And it wasn't until years later when I said, oh, my gosh, she was right. And um, <laughs> so just interesting stuff. And then mm-hmm. and so while I was also uh, getting my bachelor's degree in psychology, I dived really hard into some in particular to to name drop here there's a podcast called partially examined life it's a philosophy podcast it's a podcast on western philosophy and i think if you do enough of that podcast as people like me have it's a, it's essentially equipped there's enough hours of education really high level education in, in western philosophy in that podcast to essentially afford you a pretty a pretty solid education <laughs> in western philosophy so while i was getting the degree in psychology studying the the, the neurobiology mm-hmm. and cognitive psychology and behavioral psychology and all that kind of stuff I was satisfying some of my philosophical intellectual interests by studying Western philosophy. And then all the while there's, for me personally, there's this spiritual undercurrent because Western philosophy and biopsychology are kind of divorced from that, from spirit, from source. And, mm-hmm. and it's a product of some of the, some of the um, philosophical worldviews that have powered our entire world since before the industrial revolution. And and so we're seeing Mm -hmm. some of this even play out in the crisis, by the way, right? which is a whole other topic, but (laughs) yeah, so here I am. And so that's kind of how I got interested, not just in the, in the philosophy, but knowing too, that all along the way that there's been spiritual undercurrent for me. Oh, oh, and that's right. And I was actually, I had this conversation with someone recently the other day too. And that is that, well, so full disclosure, they actually, they listen to the podcast and this is very, this is a very, uh, uh, influential person so i'm happy they were talking to me about this in the first place and they and they listened to the podcast and they said they said wow i can just see you as a kid reading the Tao of physics i said no you know actually as a kid it was it was the Tao Te jing so when i was in eighth grade i had a little pocket Tao Te jing that i would carry around with me and and it's 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 hard to be a truly applied philosophical Taoist or like in, in, in the same way that that's akin to Buddhism and the, the values of non-attachment and those kinds of things. It's, it's hard. That's really challenging. It's not easy. And especially as an adult and all of our attachments, which we can't mm-hmm. escape from. But when you're in seventh grade, eighth grade, you can, <laughs> you can be a pretty good Taoist as, a, as you know. Um, and so, uh, so that actually was part of it too. I kind of, I remember my dad even saying the Tao Te Ching is a really important book. And so, I got one at a very young age, read it, and it's been, you know, it's so fascinating, Diane, when you look through these things, it's just an incredible story, each of our lives and the way that everything connects, you know? Yes. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, the connection's fascinating, and I'm listening to the thread of, they just suggest something, you go, uh-huh, and then sooner or later, you either wrap, go into it right away, or wrap around, and it shows back up, and like, there was a knowingness in all of that, whether anybody knew it or not at the time, you know? to even begin to do it. So I'd like to talk for a minute about the power of spirituality in business and in running a business and in being a person of influence. And because it's very important, I think, that, and I think there's a lot of disconnection in our society with, you know, let's do everything from the head up. And that's where the, the anger and the craziness and the making no sense part shows up. And mm-hmm. And having a spiritual connection and a 
and, and spirit being vital in business or in running our lives, I think is, is something that all of us could just always keep working on and expanding on. And so share a little bit about how you use your spiritual compass in your business and in your life. Like how, what do you do and how do you allow spirit to express through you? You know, cause there's people listening in, you know, over 60 countries and there's wow. probably people out there asking the questions, well, but how, how do you do it? And so what are some how tips that Connor has used or uses to keep spirit like in that rock solid spot in your business, in your new podcast and all of these things? Goodness gracious. One of the first things that comes to mind is something that I tell my, my patients. I, I refer to the people that I work with as either people that I work with or clients. But um, one, so one of the things that I, that I tell my clients <laughs> is that when you, you know, they oftentimes people will sit down with me and they'll say, oh, Connor, I had a burger. I ate a, I had some gluten, Connor, <laughs> you know, or, or, and there's this, there's either this self abnegation, there's this self loathing and, and this kind of like an internal rat race or something like that. Right. And so what I had, you know, what I have to say to that is that it's always a conversation. You're not in competition with anyone. It's a process, like absolutely everything. And um, it's a process that I absolutely, most certainly myself am in and, and, and deeply embedded in. But we've talked, oh, I think you and I have even discussed this before. There is no, there's no finish line. Mm -hmm. You know, there right. is no, there is the, the goal and enlightenment is a fleeting thing. And so how does, how does spirit inform business, Diane, that's a good question. Cause you know, I haven't, um, haven't been an entrepreneur for that long, but one of the things that comes to mind too, one of the things that my mentors have had, had uh, taught me early on, she happens to be the incredible woman that I, that I purchased source from, uh, the practice, um, is that money is, is just energy money is just an it's just an exchange of energy and mm -hmm. and there's you know there's really an infinite amount of that available to you <laughs> at any point in time and so abundance abundance and abundance consciousness as opposed to poverty consciousness is something that man it is deeply embedded in in so many of us in such a deep way and i just i really think like all things like having yourself the you know have the burger <laughs> have the burger it's okay it's you know it's all there it's all it's all there for all of us really and so i hope i hope that answers the question it's kind of it's something it, it, it really hits the nail on the head you're again you're so good diane <laughs> because because it's so present for me too and for many of us as we as we transition into new ways of doing things the economy is not there's, let, let me put it this way, and I'm not being a negative Nancy when I say this, is that um, there's no evidence that the economy is going back to any semblance of normal anytime soon for any of us at all. And so what we're all doing, what we're all in this process of doing is like rediscovering what's most important for us and just trying, just trying to remake ourselves, right? And, and I, uh, one other colleague of mine, she said, what this virus is doing is it's reminding us all what's us all what's most important 
And, and I think that's very true too. So yeah, that's a good one, Diane. And it's, and it's, and it's not where I, I did. <laughs> I love how you pull these questions out. <laughs> you get them in the mail slot. We've talked about that before. They come in the mail slot, right? Um, yes, they come in the mail slot. That's why I'm an intuitive mentor for visionary leaders. Cause absolutely. I, I have this amazing way to just know, know stuff. A knowingness that is powerful and, and it's fun and you're a visionary. So what a great conversation. Mm -hmm. And we all do. We all have that. The mail slot is in each of us. And mm -hmm. um, it's, and as we're going through this, this crisis, it's such a, it, there's, you might say that the veil is thin, you know, mm -hmm. the veil is thin right now. And there's so much happening cosmically that if we can kind of, see what's happening as opportunity then it's it's almost it's a necessity that we that we do so because there is a lot of suffering and there is there is death and there is all these things and we have to kind of like navigate navigate the very interesting world in which we are um, being presented you know and you bring so, up okay go ahead i'm sorry no you go ahead i'm you bring up rapping. a a really, uh, you bring up a good point, and that is, you know, that in the middle of transformation and letting go of the story and moving into like living the consciousness that we're all going toward, there it's messy, and there is a lot of death and destruction because it's part of the the cycles of life. It's part of all of it, and so when you, we talk about spirituality in our business, so many people think that living a spiritual life is like this cotton candy, woo-woo, Pollyanna way of doing things when really that's not the case. That, that those of us who are dedicated to that higher consciousness, um, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of faith and a lot of trust and a lot of, of um, depth to be able to use that connection and, and foster it in what we're doing. And it's not woo-woo and lighthearted. It's, you know, a spiritual life takes a lot out of us. I mean, and it gives a lot too, it's, but it's intense in, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really good point that you're bringing up because so many people can get focused on all the death and destruction and not see the opportunity or get distracted by, oh, what's the opportunity and pretend like all the death and destruction is not happening. Right. Or they can be like dialed in spiritually and see the alignment and the seasons of life cruising through and how is this of benefit to all of us and what can we do with it? And, you know, there's all those choices that we're all making. And so you've made some big choices in how you're doing that alignment for you personally. And so share a little bit about how you, how that's happening. Have you been getting it in dreams or thoughts or ideas or suggestions or, or where did all this start where you started moving away from the old way of doing your business into doing podcasting and more um, other, other avenues? How, how is that working? So much just came in right as you were talking, right? And so one thing I want to, I wanna, can I go back a little bit about something you were just saying is that every every single day yang transforms into yin right and every single day the sun sets and when the when night comes out the bugs come out the mosquitoes come out you know and so this it's not just a i would i you know i might i might offer that like 
you and I both know we use these these euphemisms like like higher higher consciousness so it's it's fascinating there's like what even is consciousness first of all and second of all where we go wait, like there's a direction like higher higher consciousness so you know it's i might sub, i might offer that it's like it's not just a matter of higher it's a matter of it's a matter of higher lower inner outer you know it's it's right it's, it's all those things and anyway whew, now what was the question diane help me out here <laughs> You just, you just went. <laughs> yes, I remember the question. The question, the question, the question is, when we're thinking about the whole spirit part of our business and our lives, right? Yeah. And you know, people say deeper or higher or lower, whatever the language is, because language is pedestrian here. It only points to some agreed upon delusion that might be kind of close, but probably isn't from different worldviews anyway. So. Putting all that aside and kind of keeping it a little bit on the simple side and your life and you're following your spiritual direction and there are changes happening with how you're practicing your business, what you're doing with your life, how you're see, looking forward. And I, what the question was, was how is that going? What, what was the impetus? What kind of, did you wake up one day and went, stuff's different? What, yes. you know, give everybody a flavor because I think what's really important is everybody, I believe, really wants to feel some kind of hope. And that if we yeah. can feel a little bit of hope and if we can add a little bit of understanding to that hope, then people can calm down, our immune systems work better, our bodies work better, our life works better, and then we're able to be the creative beneficial presence. So you are navigating and negotiating that very process. And so I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing some of how that's working for you, things that maybe are working great, maybe things you tried and went, nah, I'm not doing that, to help give all everybody an idea of here's a, here's a trajectory, here's a road, here is something that you might want to consider thinking about. One of the first things... Uh, is to seek out wise counsel in life, to seek out the, you know, if you have a therapist, it, um, they're more than likely doing uh, telehealth consultations now. Talk to somebody. Uh, this is, first of all, if you went through the birth canal and took your first breath and are still here and listening to this podcast, you need therapy. Everybody, you know, it's, it's like, it's, life is traumatic, period. And so this whole, I, I, and I love the musician, but I saw this pod, this um, musician that was, um, she released this new song called Darling, You Need Therapy. I won't say who, she's a great musician, but I was like, darling, you need therapy. That is not an insult. <laughs> that's like, if the person is willing to receive that, then that's, then that's good for them. So, and if you don't have a therapist, then, then absolutely don't curl up into the corner, you know, seek wise counsel of, of people and, and get help find find that hope and and if it's if it's a matter of turning off the facebook and all that kind of stuff turn it off it's a matter of turning off the mainstream media i would absolutely uh turn it I off would absolutely recommend that personally and let me interject one thing so, even with the therapist yeah. conversation you can get wise counsel from mentors from people That's who are right. further along the road yeah. than you and all different kinds of things because mm -hmm. you know i've sought out therapy over the years and and you know in about four sessions i realized that they were really cool. I really liked them and I could have great conversations, mm -hmm. but they weren't 
they weren't able to take me down the road I knew I was called to go down. I didn't even have a name for it then. Right. I didn't know what was going on, but I just knew it, it was right. a little bit of a mismatch, even though I liked them. So it, it's okay to like try different things until you find what resonates. You know, I really, mm-hmm. I think that's something that you've probably been doing. I know I have. And so I think it's a common thing. Right. That's, that's really when I said wise counsel, like mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people, if, if they have that, if they have those pieces in place in their life, then, then, yeah. you know, then therapy is a, a great outlet for that. That's a, I, yeah, the good, good conversation to have, because this goes for any practitioner, you know, acupuncturist, massage therapist, chiropractor, medical doctor, anybody, um, therapist, anybody, if you don't resonate with them, keep on moving, find, find that person, find that absolutely find that person. Amen. Yes. When it comes to, when it comes to psychotherapy, what I would personally uh, recommend is that someone find a therapist who does psycho, psychosomatic integration. So they do somatic integration in their work that includes EMDR, eye movement, desensitization and reprogramming, Mm -hmm. havening technique, um, somatic re-experiencing, somatic respiratory, like breath work, these kinds of things are all incredibly important. So I think that if a therapist, if they're on the cutting edge and they understand the, the power of, of, of therapy in the 21st century, it involves being embodied. And so that's very important. So just a little, that's just my two cents about it. <laughs> right. Oh, I completely agree. In yeah. fact, I, I'm a safe and sound protocol provider and safe and sound protocol is a music, a precognitive music intervention that resets the vagus nerve and and helps people um, reconnect to the human voice. Like if they're on the autism Mm -hmm. spectrum or whatever, and helps really relieve depression and anxiety and PTSD because it helps reset the nervous system in a precognitive manner. So you can't intellectually override it, which which might get to visionary people really need a way to not let their brain run interference and stop them, you know? That's right. Yeah. That's so right. there's all kinds of neat things out there that mm-hmm. people can do and try and experience and practitioners who are really good at it. So your advice to merely pay attention to who resonates with you is key. And it's okay to move yes. on. It's okay to say, okay, thank you. I've gotten what I need and move on because That's right. sometimes you have to go through, you know, lots of different things. Yeah. And you know, to seek and embody a, a, you know, a a psychologist who's willing to work both with your body and your mind. And so Mm -hmm. it made me think of uh, Alexander technique is another one. Mm -hmm. And your, what your thing sounds like, uh, almost like a hemi sync and the uh, Monroe Institute type stuff, man, that's cool. So (laughs) how, (laughs) back to the question and I got it this time, Dan, I got it. One of the things that really had to click for me because, you know, being being a new entrepreneur and having made this this really crazy leap in my life, you know, like um, I graduated from acupuncture school. I moved to, uh, you know, so I was living in Gainesville, Florida at the time. And then, and then I, my roommate at the time showed me this ad for a practice for sale and something talk about hitting, being hit in the mail slot. It was like, it's like you know, the whole newspaper just went and, and within, I, I mean, so I, I immediately, whoop, everything dropped. I called the owner of source at the time and we had a fantastic conversation and within 24 hours, yep. Yeah, within 24, maybe a little bit more actually than 24 hours, 
I was on the road to Black Mountain, North Carolina, and then within 10 days, I signed a contract. And so the way I describe that this whole thing happens is that every proton in the universe pointed their proton guns at my protons and <laughs> teleported me, right? So, you know, teleportation, it's, it's a hollow holofractal kind of kind of activity going in there so so that's one way and so if we listen and if we and if we kind of we kind of step back and we pay attention to those synchronicities even if it is you know it seems new agey but the clock the clock is keeping time and so like well yeah you know you see 11 11 on the clock like don't dismiss that that means that you are that means that you're in tune with with something and so and so i know that that's oh gosh <laughs> that's out there for some people. Um, I don't care. Um, I think that those, you know, those who have ears to hear are going to, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it is that it's, you know, it's a matter of, of listening, right? It's that still small voice. Right. And so sometimes, so sometimes those things, they happen to us and that's when it's like, hello, spirits, like course correction. Like we don't, don't you worry about it. We see that you're struggling. We got your back. We're going <laughs> to like, come in here and and make some uh pull some executive orders and and sign some new stuff into, into right with it's funny because with so that's an example of like mm -hmm. of when you're you are essentially being moved around the board as if this is you know as if this is some kind of chess game i mean so that's an example of you being moved around the board or, or any of us being moved around the board but when it comes to this particular change i had to really take a step back i had to talk to some intelligent and wise people i had to ground myself i had to ground 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 and then like you said you said did you wake up and it and it just and it just happened that way well to tell you the truth it did and i even looked through my journal entries uh, all last month cuz at the end of the month you know you look through all your journal entries and you're like how was this month and i looked back and it and it was that because i i went from like not even really thinking about it to to having some really good consultation and then it clicked it it clicked that as a matter of fact, this is the perfect opportunity. I've wanted to have a podcast for years. It's been something that's in the back of my mind. It's been that kind of high in the sky kind of thing. Connor, yeah, you'd love to have a podcast. Well, now's the time. Now's the time. And and there's always, you know, there's always like that feeling it's like, oh man, it took a it took an apocalypse to to get you to publish your podcast. Well, what does it matter? We're here now and you know, it's just it's just it's cool day and now we're having this conversation it's it's fun it's fun so I, I hope that that answers your question sometimes sometimes it's a matter of being moved around the board and sometimes it's a matter mm -hmm. of taking action and then seeing those synchronicities as as affirmations that you're on that you are in fact getting resynchronized on the path mm -hmm. after the fact so you can right. you can either sometimes somebody comes in to help you and sometimes you have to you have to take those steps, but sometimes those steps are even like literally going outside and getting your bare feet on the ground, like grounding in the, in like in an electromagnetic sense, like actually putting your bare feet on the ground and breathing and closing your eyes and breathing. Yeah. It's, it's all over the place, but it's, you know, the way that spirit interacts with us is so dynamic. There are no, there are, there really are. I said that thing about there being rules and laws. There are no rules. There are no laws. It's, you know, it's an infinite game that we are, we're kind of embedded in. We're embedded in this process of spirit unfolding through us. And, you know, it reminds me of something that I was going to say in response to <laughs> one of your questions earlier, but 
who knows what that was going to be, but yeah. So, so the story doesn't matter, right? Mm. Because when we get hooked up in the story, we start to often get distracted and less aligned and less grounded. So what are some specific like things? Like if somebody's listening to us and they go, okay, well, I get it. Let go of the story. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Like I hear what you're saying and it's valid, but I don't know. Like, where do I start? So if somebody was like a complete newbie green person, they didn't really know where to start and they really maybe don't even understand what we're talking about when it comes to, you know, the story doesn't matter and releasing the story. What would be like step one that you might suggest to somebody who's out there kind of curious so that they could then see what you were talking about? I feel like so many of us are so, we have this programming. I mean, we literally grew up walking single file, keeping our mouths shut. I mean, so there's so like, you know, in public school, like in Mm -hmm. concrete, concrete hallways, like, Mm -hmm. and so like, we went to civics class, you know what I mean? Like, so there's so much embedded programming. There's so much, like we were just talking about poverty consciousness, that the first thing I think is to acknowledge acknowledge that and be willing to to question it because you know say for instance like i have a conversation with someone about telepathy and they mm-hmm. and they're like oh well you know i don't know about all that and stuff and, I, and you know one of my one of my responses is more than just like you you and i are talking about just taking a philosophical step back and being willing mm-hmm. to 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 question the reality that that uh, we have seemingly been handed. It's very easy to fall into a materialist, physicalist, mechanical kind of paradigm mm-hmm. because that's literally what everything in our civilization and our world is is built upon. But if I have this conversation with someone and it's about like telepathy or or even the kind of conversations I've had with with people where they say, "Oh, you sound like a conspiracy theorist." Well, I'm like, "Well, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, first of all, that's not very nice. And second of all," When it comes to when it comes to something like telepathy, I would admonish someone to just look at the evidence. Like, just admonish. Uh, I would invite someone to 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 uh, look at the evidence. And and so, there's such incredible information out there, and there's such reality. It turns out, you know, we've all heard this before, but it turns out reality is stranger than fiction. So. I mean, where to start? Start with patience. Start with being being patient with oneself, and and um, gosh, it's I don't even want to say love love yourself because it's so because it's such a challenge. You sometimes you know what I mean, and so mm-hmm. that's why I said seek out the counsel of wise people who do care for you and who can hold space for you. And if they can't hold space for you in this challenging and critical time, then seek someone else. And if, and if you feel like you've exhausted your resources, then just surrender to spirit, surrender to that process, and then be willing to kind of go inside and question, like, when you meditate, you're not just closing your eyes and, like, staring at the back of your eyelids. You know what I mean? There's so much more going on when you sit and you, you, you listen to that still small voice and you, and you have, you have that, that inner peace and you, and Mm -hmm. 
yeah, there's so much going on. So much, so much more than just, than just yeah. like quieting the mind. That's, mm-hmm. that's like the foundation is, is quieting the mind. But I would advise that kind of thing, you know, ask for answers, pray divine. I was talking about the, the tarot and, and stuff like that. Divine ask, ask questions. Even if you, even if the people in your life are freaking out just as much as you are, then ask a set of playing cards. That seems innocuous enough, right? Um, there's answers to be found everywhere and there's hope to be found everywhere. And one of the things that I've hung my hat on really, thankfully, I'm glad I managed to, to survive my studies in Western philosophy and Nietzsche and things like that with (laughs) some sense of of faith is that one of the things that I've, that I've, that I I can't, I cannot let go of is that the meaning in life is actually like it's baked in. It's literally built in to the reality in which we live. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, tragedy is a real thing, you know I mean? Like, so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I think that's important too, that like, again, getting back to this, like the repercussions of this mechanistic, materialistic, physicalist paradigm that we've been handed for really hardcore, you know, for the past Mm -hmm. 400 years, especially. It's really easy to also be a nihilist, to, to be nihilistic, to think that life is meaningless and that you are a machine, that you are some happenstance collection of cells, that are somehow functioning and you know there's even you know it's a it is a for whatever godforsaken reason in my opinion a tenable philosophical opinion to hold these days that consciousness is an illusion it's called epiphenomenalism right it's the idea daniel dennett's book on this uh explaining consciousness and you know it's there's a a growing it may even be the majority of like analytical philosophers in in the sort of ivory tower establishment now Mm -hmm believe that in fact the 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 fact that you perceive anything as being whole the fact that you have consciousness or what we call consciousness is a an illusion it's not actually there is no there actually is no such thing and the the fact that we can convince ourselves of that, not only that convince ourselves but actually like rationalize it rationalize all the way out using using all the philosophy and science are at our disposal because again we have a reductionistic materialistic scientific paradigm that it's easy to it's easy to to fall into this trap that life is meaningless that there is no hope but i you know it's it's okay to feel hopeless it's okay to feel even meaningless like there's no there's no there's no judgment because that's you know oh my gosh it's totally okay to feel that way but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The, the, there is some transcendental realm in which the grass is greener. And I submit to you it's, and to the audience that, that, that meaning is in fact baked in. It's baked into the reality in which we live by its very nature. And so, yeah, how's, how's that, Diane? That's perfect. I love it. And it's true. I think meaning is baked into all of it. And it is easy to try, you know, get in that heavy space sometimes and try to figure it all out and everything. And you, you just got to start where you start and be grounded. And, and I think that it's a responsibility of the wise ones and the people who've already walked it down the road to reach their hand out 
to the people who are seeking or searching or could maybe, you know, like, I'm, you know, people did that with you, even though you didn't really realize that's what they were doing at the time, but it is what happened, you know, and, and I remember I... I, when you're talking, I was remembering the very first medical director I ever really ever worked under when I was starting to wake up, which was in the 80s, I guess. And he was like, you know, well, I work here until I'm not working here. And it really doesn't matter how. And he said all these things. And I'm like, looking at him, like, everything you said was English. And I understood the meaning of it. But somehow I knew there was another <laughs> meaning. And I, I bet you that I probably looked really goofy, like the look on my face. And I was really trying to sort out where I was going in life and stuff. And and I was headed up to Washington, D.C. to see some friends on this little vacation. And I said, I can't wait. I'm going to drive down the Blue Ridge Parkway on the way home and just hang in the mountains. And I'm like a water you know, sailing person, but I just wanted to do that. So on the way home, he, go, he, go, he looked at me and he goes, just go find the highest spot from wherever you are in the mountains and just sit there and ask what to do. Now, you have to understand at the time... I had no spiritual understanding. I didn't use any of the language I use now. I had no idea what the heck the guy was saying. I didn't even know why it even mattered. I didn't even know that there was a question to ask. Like none of it, it was completely off my radar on every level. However, what I learned later was him and lots of other people saw the spiritual giftedness in me. I just didn't know that's what it was. I thought everybody was just being lazy. I don't know. It was like very confusing. So I, but I did what he said. You know, I'm going and I'm with my friend and I'm like, I got to go, you know, I got to go find a mountain, but there's a waterfall. So I'll just go high there by the high because I love waterfalls. Oh, wow. And I go and I hang up by this waterfall and I sit there and I ask what to do. And, you know, it was nice. Like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the bush, you know, there was no burning bush or anything, but it was nice. And about halfway home to St. Pete, it popped in my head that I was supposed to resign from where I was working. And of course the next thought was, well, you don't have another job and you got to support yourself. And what do you do? Like all of the stuff. And so I had like that night before I had to go back to work the next day. So I had like about 18 hours after I got home to process this. And I'm like, huh, completely naive to what was going on. I walked in the next morning and resigned in the front office, walked back to the unit. It was a big hospital, walked back to the unit I was working on, hadn't really told anyone yet there what I did. And I only did it because that was what popped in my head on the way back. And he said, listen for the message, completely trusting, but not even really realizing that it was good or a thing. Like I had no awareness. I was just very naive. And um, I walked into my office and there were these two gentlemen who ran like um, an extended care center that we referred to a lot, offering me a job that tripled my salary. <laughs> and I was I like, uh, okay. And I, so I quietly accepted it inside. I'm like, what is happening? Like I, it was the craziest thing. And, and then, and then I, um, when I saw that particular doctor who I still consider my very first spiritual mentor for multiples of other reasons, and I told him what happened. He grinned and he goes, good. That was all he yeah. said, <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. but he knew, you know, and, and, and I trusted. And I'm glad that I have that spiritual naivete kind of because it makes it easier for me to trust. I have less to fight through than some of the people I work with. But when you were talking about all that, I was thinking about that story about mm -hmm. how, 
you know, there's no accident in it all. And if we just let it happen and we allow, then magical things happen. Mm-hmm. And that is how your podcast is going to be affecting people everywhere. Cause I've listened to it, obviously. So I'd like to talk about making the medicine. And would you tell everybody about it? Cause you know, I asked you, I'm like, does this mean that I'm going to listen to a podcast where you're making cool Chinese herbal things? Cause I really dig all that. And you're like, no, Diane, that's not what it is. And so you explained to me what it was. So in your words, Tell everybody about making the medicine, this new podcast. You guys are going to dig it, love it. Like Connor sends me the episodes as they come out and I just, oh, I love it. I can't, I've already subscribed to every place you could possibly put that thing because it's amazing. <laughs> so tell everybody about making the medicine. Thank you, Diane. So making the medicine, like you, like you said, there's uh, may seem like, oh, well, Connor's an herbalist. Maybe this is a podcast about how to tincture, you know, your reishi mushroom and your stuff like that. And it turns out it turns out making the medicine is a it's an homage to some of the Taoist alchemical literature that's that's out there that's been translated into English because unfortunately I don't read Chinese. But that doesn't that doesn't matter. It doesn't stop you. Episode six, by the way, talks about this very fact, but which comes out next Friday. So making the medicine what the medicine is, is I, I like to think of it as the very thing that we're talking about, which is a form of, it's, it's, it's kind of an allusion to the faith in, in, in the process and in the path, right? Like you say, Diane, we're, on, we're here on purpose with a purpose. We're talking about the fact that somebody's got your back. And what I find really interesting is that the, the Taoist alchemists through time have seemingly had foreknowledge of some of the quantum biological and quantum mechanical discoveries that have been made since you know quantum mechanics was first sort of really discovered at the very turn of the 20th century and then formalized in the 50s. And then since then, since the 60s and 70s, we've been realizing how the our understanding of the quantum vacuum, the quantum foam, mm. the zero point energy field, whatever you want to call it. I call it the ether in the podcast the because that's what that's what it's always been called in Western philosophy <laughs> before it was supposedly debunked in the 19th century. Um, I go into that in a bit in some of the podcasts as well. But the they started um, studying quantum biology and some of the quantum mechanical implications of our discoveries into into biology in the 60s and 70s. And it seems as though, like with the way that the Taoist alchemists talk about mm-hmm. light, the way that they the way that they refer to the what I what's called the 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 holofractal nature of reality. It's called the holofractographic. Um, nature of reality. Again, this is Nassim Haramine's work, and, and I refer to it in my podcast as well. But it seems as though they they knew something ahead of time, which isn't that the case? Isn't that always the case with these mystics, these mystical traditions? They are tapping into a field of information that is available to everyone. It's like we were just talking about how the mail slot is mm-hmm. is everybody's got a mail slot. Right. At the same time, like we were just saying, somebody's got your back. So. So what the medicine is, is it's, you know, they believe that after, after meditating for a real long time and, 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 and doing all these practices to a certain extent, mm-hmm. some of them were really hardcore about these practices, but after essentially 
pondering this and philosophizing mm -hmm. about this and coming to your own understanding, your own innate understanding of what this medicine is that you essentially <laughs> crystallize a little piece of the ether inside yourself. And so that's called the medicine. It's also called the, the golden elixir, the, the jindan. And so it's also referred to as the golden flower. And if for any of your listeners who've studied Western alchemy or hermetic alchemy, it is for all intents and purposes, the same thing as the philosopher's stone. And so I, being an acupuncturist, being interested in, in particularly in, in, in Chinese metaphysics and in, in, in Chinese philosophy and in Taoism, I kind of, I really like to look at how the Taoist alchemists seem to have really predicted some of our discoveries, particularly in quantum biology, because the, there's books like the Tao of Physics, just been out for decades, you know, the the relationship between the Tao, which is that the, it's translated as the way, right? It's that thing, that thing to which all things must return, and that thing from which all things arise, and and like I said, must return. So, so like that is the ether. That is that is a description of the quantum vacuum. That is a description of the zero point energy field, whatever you want to call it. These are just names. Like I said, the the Taoists call it the Tao. Right, same thing, exact same thing. Um, Greek philosophers called it the ether. I referred to it as the ether often as well. And it's not just that, but some of their some of the implications about the body's use of light really just resonates with our understandings of quantum biology. And I'm interested in quantum biology and biophysics as well. So I'm taking I'm taking that. I'm taking my understanding of biophysics and. I'm not a biophysicist, by the way. I read I read the literature and I grok it and I and I get I try and wrap my head around it and it absolutely blows my mind when I read these studies. And then I take my philosophical understanding of what's being said in there and I'm like, well, how does this map onto Taoist metaphysics? And it does. It does really nicely. And it's an exploration in ideas, right? And so there's also a practice uh that's often referred to as energy work. You're familiar with this. I heard you say something about the Lightworkers uh, Manual. Yes. And so like, yes. we know this, we know, we know Reiki, we know these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. By the way, the same, in the same way that it is if I was going to have a conversation with someone about telepathy and they're like, man, 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 man. I say, well, look into the research, you know, hold on now, back, take it, you know, do, do your homework, essentially. Like, it's all there. It's really not much up for debate whether or not you think telepathy is a thing. We all experience it. But again, because of this me me uh, mechanistic paradigm that we're in, we deny that that's actually what's happening, right? So same thing goes for for what's referred to as energy healing or Reiki or, or, or light work. I refer to it as intentional healing because the fantastic scientist Lynn McTaggart wrote this book, The Power of Eight, which is all about how like when you get eight people together who may have never meditated or sat and had any kind of contemplative practice for a single minute of their lives, they sit and they gather with seven other people and they intend, they simply direct their intention towards the healing of another person or a certain event for a certain outcome. They intend for a certain outcome. And what happens is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. And so I, that's like what's highly suggested reading The Power of Eight, any of Lynn McTaggart's work, The Field. So it's, it's just to complicate things even further, it's kind of a, a fusion of, again, so being an acupuncturist, the Taoist alchemical literature and their perception of light and their perception of the way in which the body utilizes this energy, which is extracted from the Tao, a.k.a. quantum biology, a.k.a. how your cells literally compress 
the hexagonal structure of water in order to and and have this piezoelectric effect where it's squeezing pure voltage from the quantum vacuum that's that's this has all been this is all discovered this is all true mm -hmm. and then like what's the relationship between us as not just electromagnetic beings but quantum electrodynamic beings right mm -hmm. and our ability to intend that something heals and it be healed right and right. so the, the research is out there the research is out there for for reiki and intentional healing all these kinds of things again if someone were to say oh power of prayer i would say yeah yeah power of prayer and so it's that that's what the podcast is about it's me teasing out some of these ideas some of it's stuff that i've thought about for a while some of it's stuff that's coming to light and i am absolutely diane having a blast and when you talk about being aligned with purpose when you talk about like how you get on this path and and how you how these things manifest for you how these changes take place i truly feel blessed to be delivering this podcast now to the world and to be seeing how it's unfolding mm -hmm. you know yeah it's 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 really amazing and and i have a lot of people contact me and listen to this episode or what do you think about that and all these different things and and i just kind of had that intuition when i met you the first time. I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it. And I listened to it. I'm like, oh my, this is great. It, it's amazing on so many levels, especially for visionaries or people who really want to think about it and, and, and use um, lots of centers of their brains and understanding. And I, and I like, I love it. I just, I think it's great. So I'm so excited that you're on the show. And I think that it's, you know, I'm sitting here thinking and and listening to you and thinking about the whole idea of letting go of the story, we could do like five or six podcast episodes, you and I, we should probably do a couple more because I'm sitting here going, had you not had the courage to follow the intuition to, to let go of some of the previous part of your story, the podcast wouldn't be happening and it, or it wouldn't be happening at least in the way it is. And in the time it is when it's so important to help people wake up and move through what's happening in a way that makes sense. And so mm -hmm. you are like a living example of somebody who is willing to be free of the story to do the higher thing. And, and so I just wanted to make sure if any listeners haven't figured that out, I certainly have. So it's really powerful. I think it's really exciting. And so we're going to put a link to your podcast and all of your contact information in the show notes along with your bio so that all of you who are listening to Connor going, oh my God, I got to hear more. I want to follow this guy. There's all kinds of places to do it. And I know I'm excited every time I know an episode's coming out. And I can't say that about every podcast. I can't say it about Connor's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm so honored that you have come to hang out on the show. And I have a million other questions, but I'm going, I need to be respectful of this man's time because otherwise I could just go on and on. So... But before we end, is there anything that you thought I was going to ask about or you wanted to say that I, we didn't get to, at least for this episode? <laughs> you know, not really, Diane. This has been a blast. Um, it's all true. Your ability to just, to just pull out these things that, that, that it's almost like the very thing that we're talking about is being expressed in the podcast. And isn't that a beautiful mm -hmm. thing that it's like, yeah. this is what needs to be said. So, so thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for having me on. Um, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. So I have one final question for you. And that is that 
if we were going to have a billboard anywhere in the world with Connor's message on it, everyone is going to get to see it in their language. They'll understand it. What would it say? You know, I know you're going to ask me this. So there's the obvious answer, which is like, you know, what's a billboard going to do? And, you know, it's like all that and kind of stuff. But, but that's not the point. No. Hashtag, right? Do I get to hashtag it? So yes. hashtag um, <laughs> transcend. Um, and, 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 that, and really, it's because we've been denied, um, except for those who have faith, who, who are able to kind of be in the flow of, of, of something influencing their lives, some, some higher power, right? We have been denied that. Our culture has denied us that. Our intellectual culture, scientific culture, Mm-hmm. Um, we've been, we've been denied that. And the same thing goes for the, oh my gosh, the economic mm-hmm. structure that we live in and may not be living in much longer. The political structure, the political narratives. So when I say transcend, like, I mean, it sounds real cool, but like what I mean is like essentially question, question all those things and be willing to, to, Look, it's always, this is another, it's always both and. When you look mm-hmm. at these things, when you look at, is it a matter of left, right, red, blue? Is it a matter of, yep. you know, up, down, left, right? It's always both and. The answers yeah. are all, is always some kind of, some kind of fusion. Now, that doesn't mean to, with that when you're handed a solution, a narrative that is disguised as a solution, you should question that too. <laughs> like, but at a soul level at a, at a, you know, it's, you'll know it when you see it, but that's, I guess, I guess that would have mm-hmm. to be it. Cause I knew you were going to ask this and I had to think about it for a few seconds. I was like, Oh gosh, what I'm going to say, it, may, it might be something like that, Diane, that we just need to be willing to kind of become something different spiritually. That does not mean become cyborgs. That means become <laughs> That means because, you know what I mean? I say, I just mean, when I say transcend, I don't mean transcend the human because the human is, is right. beautiful. And so, yeah. um, so. Hashtag transcend. Hashtag. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that billboard. So Connor, thank you so much for being on the show and entertaining all of my questions and sharing your wisdom. And you guys check out Making the Medicine, the podcast. It's amazing. I love it. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Diane. So remember everybody to keep your face to the sun because the shadows fall behind you. You are a rock star here on Purpose with a Purpose. And until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.